This is Ad Tension, a podcast from the American Advertising Federation, District 10. My name is Ray Schillens. Conversations with the people in our industry who make advertising and marketing impactful and relevant. Our stories take you behind the scenes on a variety of advertising platforms where we explore current trends and topics. AAF District 10 promotes professional development and networking, recognizes advertising excellence, provides news and resources, helps develop future industry leaders, and promotes the value of ethical and transparent advertising. And you can find out more at aaf10.org. On August 24th, we had a chance to do something brand new in District 10. It's called 10 Questions with District 10. A fireside chat with the American Advertising Federation District 10 Governor Stephanie Price and special guests Matt Stewart and Randy Chase. I hope you had a chance to be a part of that fireside chat, but if not, well, we have it here for you today as part of our podcast series for District 10. Stephanie Price is Governor of District 10 and Associate Director of Marketing for the Cultural Foundation of the Texas Panhandle, directing a marketing team developing and executing all advertising, publicity, social media, tourism, and promotional activities for the Panhandle Plains Historical Museum and Texas Outdoor Musical. One of her favorite accomplishments at PPHM was bringing mysteries at the museum to film and promote one of the artifacts resulting in national attention and exposure. Prior to PPM, Stephanie worked in book promotions and sales for Hastings Entertainment and at 33 Interactions, a marketing firm in Sydney, Australia. But today she's keeping busy with things at district level, District 10, and doing such a phenomenal job. Stephanie had a conversation with a couple of uh, great people out of Orlando, Matt Stewart, Randy Chase. They own Rocket Chimp in Orlando. Prior to opening their agency, Matt was a senior art director for Disney's Yellow Shoes Creative Group, and Randy was the chief global strategist for EA Sports. Matt has worked on some of the world's largest consumer brands, including Nestle and Hot Pockets, Walmart, Sam's Club, Walt Disney World, and more. His passion? Connecting people to the things they love. And here are some things that Matt loves. Great movie trilogies like Star Wars and Back to the Future. Playing and watching sports. Being active with his family. Matt also loves to cook and sees it as another outlet for his creativity. I can get that. Because whatever he creates, it's sure to be something people instantly react to. Here's something you might not know about Matt. Out of the six or so billion people in the world, only 1% of them can or have ever dunked a basketball. Matt is a one percenter. And with 18 years of experience crafting brilliant ideas, Matt is somebody to get to know. So let's talk about Randy Chase. A UFC knight, Randy has been building brands and driving campaigns for over 20 years. His focus ranges from building up local small businesses to total world domination. I like that. That goes for his passion for sports, too. He's into all kinds of sports at any competitive level. Randy's marketing campaigns grab market share, drive revenue, and influence audiences around the world. Just ask EA Sports, Hard Rock Cafe, or Universal Orlando Resort. In fact, people are at the center of everything Randy does, from understanding consumers to collaborating with partners to building an epic fantasy football team. And if Randy got his own personal mission to space, it would be a daring journey to Pluto, aboard a rocket named Longshot. This is not an out-of-the-world conversation, but it is one that you'll learn more about Matt and Randy 
And you'll get a few smiles along the way, too. So let's join that conversation right now. So what is the most recent thing that you've read, heard, or watched that inspired you and why? So uh, this is fascinating. You know, having worked in this industry and creating ads and working in television um, at the level that we did at Disney for so long, I'm not one, and this is sort of ironic, I'm not one to get headlong into television shows. I'm not one to to consume a bunch of TV. Um, But in the last several weeks, my wife and I have really gotten into Yellowstone. And I have been, unlike me, uh, utterly consumed by the storytelling, um, by the photography, by, you know, the DP that is is doing some really amazing camera work, you know, in a canvas like Montana. So I, you know, normally I would tell you some, you know, clever advertising book or something, but right now I am headlong into Yellowstone and, and just fascinated by script writing, fascinated by storytelling, fascinated by the physical mechanism in which that story is being told. So right now that's a, that's a big inspiration for me in terms of how I want to craft and tell stories for our clients at the agency. Yeah, I'd say for me, it's um, the um, the entire marketing campaign that went into the the That Guy movie um, with Ryan Reynolds. Um, I mean, up to they created a parody account uh, of Ryan Reynolds on LinkedIn, and they were posting all kinds of like funny, um, you know, stuff on LinkedIn that was and and everything they did had a specificity to the platform they were on, um, and they created really cool content with like Deadpool that was. That made its way around and, and you know had some good virality to it. Um, their marketing partnerships were fantastic and plentiful. I mean, granted, they had a little extra time, an extra year to to activate more, but um, you know they really kind of covered all their bases. On um, I mean, they also had integration into Fortnite. Like it was it was really a a really good um, mass communication across multiple channels. Oh yeah, I couldn't agree more. That was such a cool cool campaign. Okay, what is the best part about your job? Ooh, uh, you know, there's the obvious things like, you know, we're, we're the boss now. Uh, I mean, having worked in corporate America, you sort of, you know, it can be a grind, especially, and I won't speak for Randy, but for me, trying to survive as a creative inside of corporate America, um, despite the fact that it was Disney, I mean, everybody goes, oh, Disney, that's the easiest creative job in the world. Well, I, I, you know, once you go headlong in it for as long as, as long as I did, you start to realize that, you know, sometimes it's even tougher to be creative in an environment like that, just because of, you know, the layers upon layers upon layers of everything that exists at Disney. Uh, and don't get me wrong, it was amazing. But I think the, the highlight for us right now is that, you know, we choose the culture in our agency that we're building and we choose the types of uh, relationships that we have with our clients uh, and to me, that's the most rewarding, I think, is because, you know, that's, we get to make it what we want. And for me, that's, that's the cool, that's a really cool thing. Yeah, one of the cool things for me is, I mean, you know, Matt and I have done a lot of um, awesome stuff with really big brands. Uh, and we're still, you know, doing some awesome stuff with some big brands, but we're also now um, doing awesome stuff with startups and with people in our community. Um, and, you know, launching Madden or you know, launching the next, uh, you know, Disney you know, those are cool and they're going to impact people, but the, the difference in the economy between that and people's dreams and like, Hey, I'm starting this business. I've always dreamed of having this business and like, we're helping them reach that goal. 
um, that's really rewarding, like on a human, you know, perspective that, that we're making people's, you know, or helping people make their dreams come true and, and really kind of coming alongside them to, to make their, their business successful. And so that's kind of a, a thing that we didn't necessarily get to experience as much in, in a big company. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I got like chills when you said you're helping create the next Disney. Like that's amazing. Absolutely. So tell us the thing you're most proud of. Uh, like from a whole career standpoint or in our job right now? It's up to you. I mean, personally, professionally, you know, what are you, what, what's some highlights? What are you proud of? Um, I, I, not to go too deep, but I, I think right now, you know, for Randy and I both knowing the journey that we've had, and it has been, you know, a, a long journey full of, like Randy said, big brands and corporate America and small agencies and, you know, global agencies and everything in between. I think the thing that I'm the most proud of um, is the, is the fact that I've managed to, and this is not a pat on my back, but I, I've managed to keep the core nucleus of my family a priority. Um, so that as much as business is a, you know, a gigantic part of our lives and as much as we are driven by what we do, um, I, I think I, I learned at Disney to not let that uh, override my identity, I guess is uh, one way to say it. Like it's one, one of the things that I had to learn was to separate my self-worth and my identity from Disney and, and make sure that the most important things to me are what they should be. Um, and I, th I think I'm the most proud of that. I mean, like the fact that my daughter is absolutely enthralled with what we do because she got to see me having fun at work. And now, you know, my 11 year old is a budding filmmaker. Like that makes me ridiculously proud because I don't come home at night when we're done with work. Like, oh, I hate my job. I come home at night energized and enthused about what I get to do the next day. And the fact that that has translated into healthy relationships at home and having my daughter be interested and stuff like that. I think that's, that's a tremendous source of pride for me. Yeah. And I would say too, um, along with that, I feel the same way. Um, along with that, um, is that, you know, when you go out and you start your own agency, you know, you're stepping out and there's a bit of an abyss, um, and, 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 you know, there's not a roadmap to that. And really the success that we've been able to drive from our agency has really been on, the early success, especially, I mean, we started this right before COVID. <laughs> so best time to start a company, right? Yeah, before COVID. Um, we managed to make it through the other side and to thrive mainly because of our relationships. And like, one of the things I say in my bio is like, it's all about people. And, you know, because of the fact that Matt's treated people so well throughout his career, I've treated people well in my career. You know, we've had, we have clients that we worked with years ago that have come back to us now that they found out we were working on an agency to bring this business. Um, you know, which speaks to the fact that we were good partners and we treated people right. Um, and I, I think, you know, regardless of where you work and what you do, and it, a lot of it does come down to that is having great relationships, treating people right um, and, uh, and, and fostering those relationships because you never know, you know, when I'll come around and help you on the, on the other side. Absolutely. I mean, this is kind of in the same vein, but um, what is the biggest lesson you've learned? That's it. I'll expound on it, but that's, what Randy just said encapsulated, encapsulates all of it. Like the, the biggest lessons that you learn uh, in business are, are like echo true in everything else in your life. And it is to be kind and it is to treat people the way that you want to be treated. I mean, it is that simple. It's, it's the golden rule. It's, 
it's biblical, it's societal, it's it's just a, a simple word of truth that if you manage to live by it, and sometimes it's harder, you know, said than done or harder done than said. But if you, you know, if you can manage to to hold on to that and to treat people the way you want to be treated, it's you know, kindness, kindness comes back in spades. So that's I think that's one of the most important lessons that we've, you know, we learned professionally before we had an agency. Um, and it really came into practice when everything's on the line and you're betting on yourself. I mean, that's, it's just a key factor. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, I mean, it comes down to people and also just like, you know, constantly learning. Um, and, you know, I've probably shaped my managerial style as much from bosses that I didn't like as I did from bosses I liked. Um, you know, it's like, you know, there were times in my career where I didn't feel valued or I didn't feel um, you know, the way I, I thought I should feel and then making sure that I never make someone feel that way. Um, and so like Matt and I had that discussion many a time about, you know, let's make sure that people feel valued and that, you know, everybody, no matter where they are in the organization or who we're working with, um, feels like they're being heard and valued. That's my thing. I mean, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. It does boil down to pretty simple things we learn in kindergarten, right? I mean, yep. be a good human and good things come back to you, I think. So, um, have you ever experienced a campaign that didn't work? Um, probably that's a yes. So what, you know, how did you work to get back on track? Like what, what did you do? So I, I thought, I thought about this, this question a little bit and of all of the, you know, there's a ton of stuff at Disney that I could say, you know, we, we threw money at stuff just to try to make stuff work. I mean, I could tell a couple of stories, but I think the one that sticks out to me is actually a little bit more recent. When we first started the agency, we, we took on a client or two and one in particular, you know, because like Randy said, COVID had just started. I mean, we sort of had our coming out party two Super Bowls ago. Um, and if, you know, the Super Bowls in February, it was in Miami. We were in Miami for the Super Bowl. We had meetings with a whole bunch of NFL teams. And then literally within the next several days to weeks, COVID comes out. And it put us in a unique position being, a, you know, at that time, a startup, um, and, you know, we were hustling and trying to build it out of relationships and doing what we could. And in the middle of that, we decided to take some risk on a client in particular that um, that we might not have taken a risk on if we were having that conversation today. Uh, and so we fronted some creative work. We, you know, we took the brand on um, knowing that we could, if, if successful, and, you know, we had confidence, again, betting ourselves that we could turn this brand around. And while we didn't necessarily create the pickle that they were in, we inherited it when you know we decided to take them on as a client. And it was a, you know a really solid brand, a really solid company. It was a fitness company, um, and it was an at-home fitness company. And we saw the potential of what that could be as COVID started to develop, because their entire their entire model was about how to be in shape and how to live a healthy lifestyle at home. So it was, you know, it, it was sort of uh, fortuitous that that fell in our lap when it did, um, given the state of what, you know, we all lived through last year. Um, but I think where they had sort of missed the boat as they launched the brand before we came on board was that they were totally misreading their, their demographic, their market. And we saw what they had done from a, a visual campaign standpoint. And we were able to, uh, like, very quickly assess some of the places where they went wrong. Uh, and they gave us a little bit of leeway without trying to step on us creatively because it was, a, you know, it was a give and take relationship. And we were able to not only write the ship, but we increased their sales through the course of just several months over 400%. Um, 
And again, like, like I said, we didn't necessarily create the mess, but we inherited the mess. So it was our responsibility to fix it. Uh, and, you know, we were able to do that and turn around a business that had so much potential and were just shooting themselves in the foot day after day after day. So that was, uh, that was a, a real world scenario of trying to turn something around that we saw going awry right out of the gate. Yeah, I'd say too, one of the other things we've talked about, um, and Matt and I have both experienced this throughout our career is that, you know, you develop a plan, you have a strategy, you develop a creative, you develop a, a go-to-market plan, uh, and you feel really good about that. Um, but as soon as it hits the market, all the testing you did, all the focus groups you did, and all that other stuff kind of goes out the window. There's a tendency sometimes for people to hold on to that and be like, but it tested so well. It's like, yes, but it's now out in the open and we're getting real feedback. So now we have to change. Um, you know, I, I, I play poker and it's the idea of like, you know, the hand you have before the, before the flop is great, but it means nothing once the other cards come, <laughs> you know? So, um, and, and, and a lot of times, and especially with big corporations, it, it, it can take some, some convincing and a lot of data to say like, we need to pivot and go someplace else because this just isn't working. And, and a lot of times that's driven by data and, and, and real world um, uh, feedback. Wow. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, couldn't agree more. He, Randy's being kind. I think I know the story that he's referring to <laughs> about uh, <laughs> a particular Madden launch. So it wasn't Madden, it was a, it was a different one. But it, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I mean, it yeah, happens. That's, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, definitely the poker comes in with the old Kenny Rogers song in my head, you know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So is that your theme song? Yeah. So tell us the best traits in a leader and why. Um, Randy said something really key a while ago, sometimes shaping his, uh, his leadership skills came in as much bad experience as positive ones. For me, some of the best creative leadership, and I, I think sometimes that can be a little bit different um, than leadership on the whole. I think creative leadership, a good creative leader is always willing to, to come down out of the high horse seat and, and be in the dirt with you a little bit and be in the trenches a little bit um, to the extent that it needs to be done. I think the best leaders have the ability to set pride aside and, and have some humility because every one of us, whether, you know, no matter what your experience started somewhere, no matter what goals you achieved, no matter, you know, what heights you, you climbed, no matter what your title is right now, you started somewhere. And odds are, if you were successful, you had a leader somewhere along the way who was willing to set aside their pride or set aside their humility and be able to, to help you and, you know, put a hand down. And I think creatively, uh, that is one of the things that I admire most in a handful of creative directors and or, you know, uh, leaders at Disney that maybe weren't necessarily creative but have the ability to look past a title and go, hey, you know what? And it kind of goes back to that kindness thing. We're, we're here trying to say, uh, solve the same problem. Let's figure out how to best go do that. And let's do it together as opposed to, I'm going to tell you how to do it and then judge you on how you perform. Yeah, and I would say um, kind of to piggyback that is, um, you know, one, um, you, you hired people for a reason to be on your team. So, you know, let them do their jobs. Um, you know, but also make sure you give good direction because, you know, it's garbage in, garbage out. If you don't give good direction, you're not going to get a good result. Uh, and you also have to, I think good leaders need to understand that people are going to do things their way. 
not necessarily your way. And so like, you know, you give them good direction and then give them the freedom to create in the way that they would create. Um, and then, um, you know, provide great feedback on the back end to help make their work better. Um, you know, a lot of le sometimes leaders will tend to know how they would do it. And so their feedback is to just change it and do it the way I would do it, um, which I think is very destructive to a team um, and to people's motivation. Yeah. And I'll, let me throw one more thing in there. And what Randy said is 100% true and made, made me think of a, 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 the idea, particularly leadership in general, not just creative. They really need to be good listeners because ultimately if you, if you're just doing all the talking, you're only getting half the story. So, you know, if, if a creative is trying to sell you on an idea or help you understand that, just like Randy said, the way that they would like to attack it is not necessarily the way you like to attack it. If you just shut that down and need to talk as opposed to listen, you know, that, that leader would, you know, in that case, be the one missing half the story. So I think being a great listener is as much as being a good leader. That is a huge nugget. You know, if you're only, if you're only listening to talk, you only get half the story. Like that's, that's absolutely amazing. I, I love that. Um, going to keep that one in my back pocket. So absolutely. Yeah. So um, <laughs> this one is my favorite question because um, I have tons of cringy words in my life, but which overused word or phrase makes you cringe? Make the logo fill in the blank. I know that's that's so yeah. cliche, and it's like we joke about it, but it still happens on the daily. Well, not only that, uh, that one, and then also uh, we need to make something go viral. Yeah, Vi viral in general. Yeah, we just need to make something go. Like we're gonna create some stuff and make it go viral. Like no, you're not. <laughs> that's actually that's actually the, the reverse definition of going viral <laughs> that's the exact like, opposite of what you're trying to do <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly it's like saying we're gonna go tell everybody we're cool uh they're not um <laughs> but yeah that that is uh that's that's the most uh overused one that i used to get a ton like we got to come up with something that's going to go viral and it's like you know things go viral because they are viral. They're not, yeah. you don't, you don't create it. Uh, you know, you, you, you can, you can put something out there that uh, that's going to get traction and it's going to get engagement, but, um, or like, you know, the other big one was like, we got to break the internet. It's like, you're not going to break the internet. It's pretty yeah. big. <laughs> it's just it's not going to happen. Uh, you are, are not Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Usually things that break the internet are, are, are unintended um, for sure. Um, you know, one thing too, I wanted to add on, it's, it's kind of a mix of, of uh, this topic as well as the last topic. Um, one key piece that um, that was right towards the end of my, my time at EA that I thought was very profound uh, was when you go in to meet with executives, so many times people go in to meet with executives and their hope and their goal is to get out of that meeting without any comments or notes. And, and it's like, well, why did you go in there to begin with? Like, the executives are not there to grade you. Like, and I think because, you know, during school, like you get grades. And so you take that mentality into your work. And it's like the executives should be there to make it things better. So you should be hoping that they give you feedback because yeah. that's going to make your, your piece better. Um, but I, 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 so many times I'd have people come out of a meeting like, yes, no feedback. And we're like, I'm like, well, that's kind of, why did you have the meeting? <laughs> like, you know, I mean, it's like you, you're going to talk to people who have all this experience. And they didn't change anything that you did. Like, so it was like kind of a pointless meeting. Absolutely. I like that a lot. So this is kind of on the same vein. You kind of um, got me to question nine, but what would you tell someone starting out in this business? What's a, what's the best advice that you, you can give them? 
you want to build that one first? Yeah, sure. Um, honestly, uh, just be a sponge. Like, you know, some people, so many people come into something new and they feel like they got to add value right away, or they got to say something profound, or they got to like, you know, ask a lot of questions and, and, and questions are great. Um, but you know, when I first came into my career, um, you know, someone told me very early on, just like sit in as many meetings as you can listen to as many things as you can and learn through absorption. And like, and, and you can ask, like, you know, ask questions to learn, don't ask questions to be seen in the meeting or to like, you know, Hey, like I'm, 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 I'm creating value. Here's some people we were, I worked with, they, they had a, they had to ask their one question every meeting. So everyone knew they were in the meeting. Um, <laughs> and it's like, you know, coming at it from the right perspective, uh, and just, you know, and, and, and informational interviews are great. Like if you're like, hey, I was in a meeting with somebody and I don't really understand what they do, but it seemed kind of interesting. Um, people are really open to if you say, hey, I would love to grab a coffee with you and just, you know, understand more about what your group does and, and understand your perspective. Um, because even if it's not something you're going to be doing, um, just understanding how other people work will make you better at what you do, because you may need to work with that team at a, at a specific time in your career. Um, you know, many times in my career, I worked in a position where I was kind of the hub of the wheel. We were working with a bunch of different disciplines. Um, so really, it was incumbent upon me and my team to understand what those people did um, and how they worked so that we could all work better together. Um, and I think that's that's hugely important. Yeah, so I'm going to harken back to one of our earlier comments about learning from bad leadership. Uh, I, I had uh, one of the, she shall remain nameless because she's still out there in the world. Um, one of the senior vice president, global brand director for, for Disney. So she was my boss's boss. Um, she actually stood before us one day, Our the entire Yellow Shoes group, by coastal all of California, all of Florida, uh, and she was trying to give a mo motivational speech um, about how to be successful and about what sort of um, sacrifices it took to be successful. And as, as if it were a, a, a badge of honor, she told us about how, you know, in, in her pursuit to climb the ladder and to get to the position that she did, that, you know, she missed out on so many of her kids' activities and uh, she talked about that at, again, like it was like it was something to be proud of. Like I sacrificed so much in my personal life that, you know, she's on her third husband and her, you know, her kids, she didn't have a great relationship with her kids, but it was all worth it to be here. And rather than taking that as motivation, I was like, you've missed the boat and I wouldn't trade places with you and all your money and all your perks for the world. So I think that, you know, I think if you, if you were to parlay that into advice. I mean, she stood there at, at, you know, with a King's podium to try to dole out advice. And that was just throw yourself into it and everything else be damned. And I think you missed the boat on that. So my advice would be to stay grounded, stay balanced, understand where you get your creative, you know, in, in, in a creative point of view, where you get your creative inspiration. Um, and don't sacrifice your personal life for career gain because at the end of the day, no one, you know, that, that having more money in your bank account uh, doesn't matter if, if, you know, you don't have friends and family and a life balance around to enjoy it. So I would say that's probably my best advice for somebody to get into this business. It can be overwhelming. It can be long hours, but understand where your balance is. You know, no one's yeah. going to write on our tombstone that, hey, he stayed late at work or she stayed an extra day, you know, yeah, sure. so I always yeah. I always think about that. So, yeah, I think that's an incredible lesson. I, kudos to you for for understanding that and putting your 
your children and your family and your personal life first. I couldn't agree more. All right. It's our last question before we open it up to the group. So um, this is one of my personal favorites. I actually ask a lot of people when I interview or um, ask, you know, friends all the time. So where do you find joy? And that's what we're going to end it on. I've just touched on it. So between my family and yeah, I only have, I have one kid, my daughter, and she's pretty incredible. She's a, a carbon copy of me um, experiencing and going through her creativity right now. So that, that brings me a ton of joy, but honestly, I think given that we've done all of this stuff and it has been amazing, I love every bit of it. I could tell stories for days about things that happened at Disney and things that, you know, happened with star Wars and photo shoots with Mickey mouse at three in the morning, like that kind of stuff's incredible. But right now, my biggest sense of pride is when I beat Randy to the office in the morning and I don't have my keys on me, but I stick my Darth Vader key into the door of our building and open the door to our agency and get to do business our way with the people that we want to do business with. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'll get emotional if I start talking about that too much. <laughs> That's my biggest source of pride and joy right now is um, just what we've been able to accomplish with the help of our friends and colleagues, because we didn't just go make this out of nothing. Like Randy said, we had help along the way from all of the relationships that we've forged in business for the last two decades. Uh, and it's an incredible source of joy, uh, joy and pride to be able to have the ability to do that. Yeah, I'd say the same for me. I mean, I have, I have two kids and, and um, you know, the fact that uh, not working in a corporate job, I, mean, I travel a lot in my job. Um, like when I was at EA, I was traveling all over the world. Um, and you know, that was awesome. It's an awesome experience. Um, but I did, I did miss out some of the stuff like, you know, being with my kids and stuff like that. And, um, and, you know, so to be able to have this time, especially right now, they're at age, my, my son's 11 and my daughter's 14. Um, so, you know, being at age where I can like, you know, my son and I have so much in common now he's playing video games. I worked at EA, like, you know, we play games together, we're into sports and stuff like that. So being able to experience that, um, and being in a situation where we are, you know, we were able to create this, we're able to create our own way. And that creationism brings me joy. Um, but um, you also the, the fact that we, we determine the work-life balance. And so, you know, um, both of our, our kids go to school very early. And so if we, if we got home at seven o'clock, we'd see them for 30 minutes. So we don't, we go home at 5.30. And, you know, we might get back on the computer and like sometimes we'll talk until one in the morning, but we have that time where we have with our family. Uh, and then we can get back on if we need to. Um, but, and we do the same for our employees, like whatever works for them. Uh, we have one employee who uh, lives a little further away, has a small child. So, you know, she works remote most of the time and comes in the office when she needs to. But uh, it's about people's personal, um, you know, what's important to them and their personal situation. Oh my gosh, you guys, that has been 10 incredible questions. So I do want to do a couple minutes um, if anybody wants to, throw a question in the chat or throw on their camera. We won't do 10 minutes. I was going to do 10, but um, want to make sure that we get everybody out in a timely manner. But does anybody have any questions they want to put in the chat or ask our good friends, Matt and Randy? Austin. I am just kind of curious about the name Rocket Chimp. <laughs> so Right around the corner, uh, within a stone's throw of this office, is a, a local craft brewery. And But you get all, into all kinds of trouble if you sit there all day uh, drinking good local beer, trying to figure out a name for an agency. <laughs> <laughs> you get even more trouble if you take two and a half days to come up with it. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, honestly, like where we, where we finally, we were trying to be extremely literal when we were coming out with a name, we were coming up with all kinds of stuff that was boring and, and was taken and all that other stuff. And, and we wanted to make sure too, that we could get a good URL and we wanted to make sure we set ourselves up on the right foot. And, um, and so finally we were kind of really frustrated. And, uh, I think, I think I said something like, oh, we should just call it fire monkeys. And Matt's like, I love that. And I'm like, we can't do that. It's an EA studio in Australia. <laughs> so then we started iterating off it though. <laughs> And, you know, we're in Florida near the space coast. So the, the rocket thing kind of works and like, I love monkeys. Who doesn't love monkeys? Um, and so we kind of started to gravitate towards that. And then we also started doing research and looking at some of the biggest agencies in the country don't have literal names. They have names that are um, David and Goliath, 72 yeah. and Sunny. Yeah. Mistress. Exactly. Like, the, you know, they all have unique little stories behind them. But, yeah. you know, there's, there's some fantastic agencies that uh, do amazing work that have... Uh, you know, some just fun, engaging, I remember that kind of names. And so that's, that's sort of the path we took. And then, you know, we, you know, once we got, once we landed on the name of Rocket Jump, um, we just sort of had fun with uh, exploring what a logo could look like. And, you know, being, being the illustrator that I am, you know, we turned it into a full on character and, you know, it's, we, we just had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, and people don't forget us. They, they don't always get the animal rights. Sometimes we get called rocket rabbits, but um, <laughs> but they don't forget us. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So we've got a couple of questions in here. Um, so how many employees do you have? That's a quick, easy one. Oh, uh, we're like seven right now. Yeah. Yeah. With a couple of a couple of jobs posted, actually. Yeah, <laughs> and some men, some contractors, a healthy dose of yeah. contractors. Um, you know, Bill said you guys had an incredible two decades. Where do you see yourself in the next two decades? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, we both had the conversation that like, you know, I don't know that we, we neither, either one of us ever see ourselves going back no. to any kind of corporate position. Um, honestly, I think our focus is going to be on growing the agency. And, um, you know, I think that for us, uh, as we talk about growing the agency, um, we will never do it at the expense of what we found the agency on. Uh, and like one of our one of our guiding principles that we said during the first conversation we ever had when we were talking about our goals, our, one of our non-revenue goals was to do cool shit with cool people. And so that is that is kind of like our North Star um, that we'll kind of always keep. So, yeah, um, you know, as, as long as we can grow it, uh, we'll keep doing that. And who knows what the exit strategy is in 20 years? We'll, we'll see. <laughs> Thanks again to Matt and Randy, Matt Stewart, Randy Chase, for being a part of 10 Questions with District 10, a fireside chat, AAF District 10. Did you enjoy it? Be sure and let us know. And be sure and share this podcast with your friends in the advertising community, your local clubs, and anyone you think might enjoy what we talked about today. Thanks again for listening. And this has been a podcast from the American Advertising Federation, District 10. Find out more at aaf10.org. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Do that. You will never miss a new podcast. Your rating on iTunes will also help us grow. And don't be afraid to share what you've heard today on social media. Until next time, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. This is Attention, Copyright 2021. I'm Ray Schillings.